It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. If you're over 21 and like to enjoy your buds, check out Sky Mint Cannabis. It's summer and here in Michigan, we all love to cook out, go to the lake, enjoy campfires and s'mores. Sky Mint has what you need to enjoy the great outdoors. Farm to stash grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan, including the new store in Traverse City. Check out the Sky Mint Reserve. It features fantastic profiles. Great deals on Michigan's best bundles for flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. Gift cards also available. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com, see what's available, and sign up for the rewards program. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. You're tuned in to episode 273 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center, now featuring special student memberships and SkyMint Cannabis. Also, our local partners include AZ Printing Solutions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We have a special guest tonight, part of our prep spotlight. We'll be talking with Tyler Graham of Michigan Football Frenzy and the Prep Red Zone. We're going to talk to him a little bit later on, but guys, it seems like forever since we've been together from the uh, Tooncast. We took a little summer hiatus, a little vacation, uh, back at it now, a lot of stuff to get into. It's always good to take a little summer recharge, and you know, yeah, you mentioned the Tooncast. I think that went pretty well again. We had a, a couple minor technical issues that, you know, we got figured out, and Jared did a good good job putting it all together but that tune cast is always fun my, my oh, parents yeah. listened to it and they said you could hear you know there was a robin a chirping yeah. in the background <laughs> and you could hear you know the one boat the couple boats that kind of went by it just was like a just a beautiful michigan summer scene and then the three of us just spouting off nonsense i don't even know what we were talking about most of the time yeah, but right. you know it was fun and and just to recap quick we had another great basically two weeks up in Michigan, saw a ton of friends, ton of family, you know, got to do the tune cast. And it's always that thing we talk about every time one of us gets back from vacation, you get back and you get back into the routine to work, school, summer camp, you know, whatever's going on. And it's just like back into the routine, you know, it's almost like you don't, when you're on vacation like that, it's almost like the real world doesn't exist, you know, but it was a great trip. Glad we got to do the tune cast still summertime though. Yeah, you're, I feel bad for you, man. I mean, what a great vacation it was. Like, we, me and Ted have a vacation coming up. This, this, this week, the week before a vacation 
hmm. is maybe better than the vacation. You're yeah. you're at work, but you're kind of coast. You're not coasting, but you're you're riding high. You know, you can see you have a carrot dangling at the end of the week, and so you can get through anything, man. It could be the brutalest week you've ever had, but coming back from vacation, that's the worst week of the year. Yeah. So I feel for you. Uh, I'll just go on story time real quick. Uh, it's been it's been a you know every mundane you know couple weeks since that tune cast. Been golfing all the time. Been working. That's really summarizes my last couple weeks. Besides two nights ago. Two nights ago, so on Sunday, I had an early morning round at Owasso Country Club, 8 a.m. I was nice. coming from Southfield, so basically the alarm clock was set to 5.30 a.m. Um, so Saturday night, I'm going to sleep, can hardly sleep, tossing, turning. You know how it is when you have to wake up early. It's like oh, your yeah. brain just will not go to sleep. Yep. Uh, so I'm tossing and turning all night. Finally, about 1 a.m., I'm finally like dozing off. Right as I'm dozing off. A car wheels in. So how my apartment is set up is basically I'm on the second floor, so you guys can see me. Right outside this big window to my left is like a little turnaround where the lobby is, where people wheel in, drop people off, walk in, go to their apartment, whatever. So all of a sudden I'm laying there and this car pulls in and it's just rap music, just blaring. <laughs> like I almost as if what you would imagine Ted was like at the Led Zeppelin concert in nineteen seventy nine <laughs> at the Silverdome. What he um, what he just, wishes he was like at the Ed Sheeran concert. Yeah. yeah. More music on that in a bit. <laughs> turn to eleven, man. Just so damn loud. I'm like, all right, this kind of happens all the time in my apartment. There's some characters here, so that's all right. I guess they're just gonna be that guy at one AM rolling into this place, music blaring, pick up their buddy or whatever to go back out few minutes pass i'm like kind of tossing and turning like finally i like whip the whip the blanket off like i'm gonna go see what the hell is going on down there so i kind of creep up to my window i feel like a real creeper doing it but they're if they're gonna put on this show i'm gonna be the one watching it from my window so i creep up and i have like kind of candles set up on my uh you know uh ledge so i'm kind of like looking around them barely putting my eyes over it i look down there is a car with all four doors wide open, the hood wide open, <laughs> music blaring out, four girls just dancing erotically around their car. Ooh. I'm like, at first I see it, I like gotta look look around, like, can they see me? Like, what is going on? And then I'm like, right, I guess I'll watch this for a minute. Like, what the hell's going on? So I'm sitting here watching it. They go on for five, 10, 15 more minutes of this, like just erotically like almost like they it was like like there was like a, a rap video or something like being shot that's what it was like hmm. uh and so they're just dancing they have their phones out must be shooting like a tiktok or something set up on the back of their car just filming every move they're dancing they're going wild for 15 minutes full blare doors wide open not a care in the world they're the only people on earth and i'm just sitting in my room watching it all unfold and finally you know 15 minutes passes they just get right back in their car shut the doors roll down the windows turn the music up a few more notches so they can wake a few more people up on their way out <laughs> peel out and just leave the complex <laughs> i know it's kind of a nothing story but it just in my life that just seems to be another day at this apartment i'm at right now <laughs> I, it just was so like there was nothing to it but there was so much to it at the same mm -hmm. time i just i have been infatuated thinking about it the last two days like did that really happen did that really happen? So that's Did basically you, been it, man. I just I didn't really fall asleep. Went back to my bed. Couldn't really fall asleep for the next hour. Woke up and three hours later, hit the road, played golf. And and that was my weekend. So I just, just wow, really, no other way to put it. Had you been partaking in some SkyMint product before? <laughs> are, are you sure that actually did happen? Listen, man, 
I understand why you would not believe it. When I say that's another day no, I at believe this place, it. that's I believe another it. place. That's another day at this place. It's huh. it's like it, we, it doesn't operate like the real world. If something like that happened in Corona, the Argus Press would be writing about it the <laughs> next day. Ted would be on Facebook bitching about it. It would be everywhere. It just nobody blinked. That It'd was a more crazy to me than anything. Like I, they had the balls to wheel into this place with a hundred people sleeping, and just do that act, and nobody came out to stop them. It just was. It was. I was fascinated by it. So before, I got. I got a couple. Before you questions. jump in, Ted, uh, yeah. I'll just. This is what I was going to say real quick before you give your thoughts on that. I, I'd say two things. I bet it, there was something. They were probably trying to piss someone off. Maybe an ex boyfriend. Maybe maybe there is someone who lives in your building or something that they did want to annoy. Two, it'd be hilarious if it was a TikTok they were doing to see it because like up in the top corner of the TikTok, you'd see Jared. <laughs> you, you'd see a His little eyes. like a face looking through the window. Hey, yeah, like you felt like you were on a prank show. That's what it felt like. Like Johnny Knoxville is going to pop out around the corner or something at, at any second. Uh, it, it just was it was wild. Ted, how would you have handled that situation? Well, I certainly would have been peeking out the window, no doubt about it. Um, I, I just for for reference again, was it just four females out there? There was no guys there with them. It was just not four that kids. I saw. No, just four females. Just I I don't know what possessed them to do that. I don't even think they lived here. I don't wow. know how they got in. Interesting is, is the um, best question. More but, details. Yeah. You said they were dancing kind of erotically. I mean, did they have like you know sexy clothes on? I mean. It looked like they had just came more. from like a night out. Ted wants all the details. <laughs> it, it was like they came out from a night out in the town. Like, right. you know, I mean, I don't need to spell out every flipping detail, but I right. mean, it was like, it was like how girls dance in TikTok videos, sure. you know, twerking, whatever they called it back in your day, doing the, the, <laughs> I don't even know, the, the Timmy Turner or whatever, the, the chubby checker. I don't know what they called it in your day, but yeah, that's what checker. they were doing. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Well, it is uh, one of those things that, you know, I, I do, I live in like a townhouse community, but you know, apartment style living, sometimes you just, you get that kind of stuff and whether it's really nice or maybe on the cheaper side, it doesn't matter. Like you're just, you're going to get some characters when you live in a complex and I'm sure what the complex you live in is pretty big, especially when you live in a really big complex, someone, there's always going to be something happening. Like you said, I mean, I lived, I've, I've basically rented ever since I, moved out of my parents' house after high school and apartments here and there through college, all that kind of stuff. There's always something, whether it's some big old huge, all of a sudden the cops show up in the middle of the night because there's some domestic disturbance or something, or, you know, people right. playing music too loud because they're having a party or who knows what's going on, but there, there's always something. Always, there's something. always something. Well, Matt, you kind of touched upon it a little bit. My, my thing was this, uh, I posted it on Twitter and I want to kick myself in the ass. Jared, you were hundred percent right about Taylor Swift. I don't know why I did not even day of the concert, just drive down to Detroit, get some stub hub tickets, get inside Ford field. You know, I wasn't really doing anything Saturday could have easily done it. I didn't get any kind of reminder on my, uh, on my phone, you know, or I, it might've stirred up something. Now all of a sudden I see Eminem comes out for two songs and you almost, expected it but just seeing the clip i mean that must you're talking you're talking concert. about the ed sheeran concert you're not talking about taylor swift just right. to be clear right i'm talking about ed sheeran yeah right. that yeah. matters it looked awesome man i mean dad how many more of these you know life is fleeting man for all of us <laughs> yeah. how many more of these moments are gonna dissipate in the wind before listen, listen to jared now being the wise one giving ted I, I, advice 
I know. I mean, look at how many concerts I've been to in my life, and one <laughs> slips by me. <laughs> it was well, I technically mean, too. Eminem. Anytime I, I have a, those are. I'm always so jealous of those things. I mean, you look at like you know, take it back to Taylor Swift. It's like all of a sudden she brings out her ex boyfriend, you right. know, Taylor Lautner, who she wrote like this whole album about that she just re released. Like Taylor's version, she comes out like does a flip and everything. And and those are like those concert moments that you just you'll they'll never be replicated. I don't That's care true. if they go on at Ed Sheeran goes on you know fifty more concert tours. Yeah, Eminem coming out singing. They sing they sung Stan and they sung Lose Yourself. Right. I mean, just what a moment when he came out. Place just erupted. I mean, yeah. just awesome. I mean, Ed Sheeran puts on a great show by himself. I just that's just a cherry on top, really was. Especially because Eminem has, doesn't really do a whole lot anymore. Obviously, he did the Super right. Bowl halftime show a couple of years ago. Um, he's had a couple other appearances, but it's not like he does full on tours very much anymore. It's really just like appearances here and there. So, I, I you know Ed Sheeran and him, I've I've seen them do stuff collaborate before. So, like you said, Ted, maybe. But, you know, you, you don't really expect it, I guess. But maybe you could have kind of expected it, like yeah. something to happen with them. But what a run yeah. for Detroit concerts and really this summer altogether. But, yeah, Incredible. you know, Taylor Swift, obviously. Morgan Wallen was a huge one Yeah, that obviously a ton of people were talking about. Then Ed Sheeran. Is Luke, Luke Combs, Combs coming? Because Luke he Combs is just here in Charlotte. Is he coming he to, Detroit? to Detroit? Yeah. Oh, he already did. So, right. That's a heck of a run of concerts. Oh, Post yeah. Malone sold out Pine Knob last week, too. Post Malone. And I guess so. that was an incredible show from all the reviews I saw. Yeah, that's just, I mean, yeah. now, if you want to try and knock them all out, you're going to be dropping, if you're going no, to all of them, am a couple I grand. But. Am I misremembering? Didn't you say, like, your, your last, like, dream concert was Ed Sheeran? Didn't you just say that when we were talking about Taylor Swift? Yeah, no, I know. I brought it up. I said I was look I, at that time. I don't remember if I said it was my dream concert, but I think <laughs> I said I was looking into getting tickets for it. Is what I said. Okay. Yeah. Now, so see, so here's what's going to happen. Yeah. So whether I don't know if it's going to be next year, maybe two years from now, he's going to come back. You're gonna go, and it's like he's not going to bring out Eminem. He's gonna he's gonna bring out like Kid Rock or something. It's gonna be a <laughs> letdown, and you're gonna be like, "Damn it, I should have went." Nah, to the I don't know. I, I, I'm a realist, man. The moment yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's gone, yeah. it's gone. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But hey, that's the way it goes. Hey, I got one other thing I just want to throw on the table for you guys, especially Matt. You probably have done it before. I think Jared will certainly be doing it. It's when you buy uh, some furniture. You buy it from an Ikea or somewhere, or you buy it from Overstock, and it shows up, and it's in a box, and you got to put the damn thing together. Oh, yeah. All right. I just the put worst. together I just put together for my wife. She, she bought it from Overstock. It's a, kind of an office cabinet with a couple it, – it's out of steel, a couple doors on the top that lock, a couple drawers that lock, you know, and it's all in this one long box. So, of course, you know, for anybody out there that's never done it or those that you that have – you know, you open up the box, you get the directions out. First, you do an inventory, make sure you have all your parts, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then you go step by step. And I put this damn thing together. Uh, it was it was hot in the house for some reason, because I think I was just working hard on it. It, it took me most of the day, Saturday. I get every piece put together. I get the drawer slid in. And then once you know it, the drawer is stuck. I can't <laughs> get it out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I kept trying to unlock it, lock it, pulling on it kind of reefing on it a little bit without hurting it and i was just frustrated it took me you know i'd, I'd do it for about a half an hour kept trying to get that thing loose nothing worked so we both said my wife and i i said well 
let's just sleep on it because I can't look at this damn thing anymore. <laughs> so, so I slept on it. Sunday morning, I get up. I decide, well, I'm going to get my flashlight out. I'm going to lay on my back because the bottom drawer was out. And I, I get underneath there and I'm looking underneath there. And then there's a little lever on the way back part on the left-hand side. I flip that lever a little bit, boom, out it comes. Comes right out. Success. But the moral of the long story I just told, how many times have you put something together, specifically you, Matt, that you've had maybe three quarters of the way done and you did something wrong and you had to tear, yeah. tear stuff apart and redo it? I don't know if I've ever had to tear something completely apart and redo it, but the the desk that I'm using right now, the computer desk in my like office area right now, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's still like a bag somewhere. There's still like a bag of a bunch of parts that we just <laughs> didn't finish. Like I don't know, like one of the, like one of the drawers, like you said, it's and this wasn't like a cheapo, but it, obviously yeah. we didn't spend like a couple grand on this thing. It was a pretty good uh, computer desk, but right. Like one of the drawers, like slides, you know, kind of rough. Kind of the funky. other one, like when it gets in, you have to like kind of push it to close it. And yeah, like we ended up with a whole bag of extra parts that it was just kind of like, whatever. It's it's put together. It's fine. It's solid. Um, we got this big old shelf thing for my, my daughter's room so she could organize her toys and all, all her stuffed animals and everything. I mean, when this thing showed up, when I saw the the book of instructions, I was like, I I was like, I'm going to pay someone to do this. I don't have any interest in putting this yeah. thing together. It's just, uh, you got to do what you got to do, you know, but uh, right. some of that stuff is so, fr- there's just so many pieces, yeah. so many pieces. Yeah. Well, you can understand the frustration too, going through pretty much a full day Saturday and getting to right. the final, final part. And all of a sudden it's just messing with my head you know so. no it's, that's the thing like I, I i would not have been able to go to sleep i would have right. like we're, I, I don't care if it would have took me all night i would have fiddled with that thing all night and i <laughs> and it sounds like you like were pretty close to that you almost had to step away because it was driving you so nuts. i had but, to yeah but <laughs> you probably felt the same way like i you i gotta see this through and you yeah. for it's probably the very first thing you did sunday morning it was outside it of the was. coffee <laughs> yep. it, it's just i that type of stuff will drive me insane. you called it you called it jared you you know you said you couldn't sleep because you had to get early call for golf you know i i was having a hard time sleeping kept thinking about that damn drawer just yeah. so per you just something as dumb as that like you just don't understand how it was stuck it was you it just was an absolute mind effort especially uh, when especially when you said like you're reefing on it and you're like i'm pulling on this as hard as i can and it's not opening like what, what did i do yeah so like what is the little lock thing in the back that you found? What's it for? I don't it? know. I think I think when you push the drawer in, it kind of clicks in or something. I mean, the drawer works now. So Did I, you I'm not ever messing go with back it. through and look at the directions. It's all the oh, that's another thing. Come on. Yeah. The directions, it's not like an engineer drew these directions. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. It probably what exactly was an engineer that drew these directions. That's our job. Well, the Chinese a... engineers, what it was. Oh, wow. <laughs> so did you, but when you, when it was stuck, did you ever go back and reference that directions that probably would have explained there's a lever on the bottom that you got to push. All right. Lock it. Full disclosure. Here's how frustrated I was. You know, my wife's a big online person. I'm a phone person. If I need customer service, I get on the phone. Oh no. So I called customer service, right? <laughs> this poor lady was trying to help me figure it out. She says, well, you're going to have to get a hold of one of our technical people. This again, keep in mind, this is Saturday night. So, <laughs> Dude, oh my. 
she was very friendly, you know, and she's, I mean, and she's, she's Sorry, I thought you were hundred years old. Well, she kept telling me, well, you know, if it's faulty, you know, just uh, send it back. We'll get you a replacement. I said, no, I don't think that's what it is. I just need a little technical help. Why is it, why is it stuck? You're, you're probably talking, they don't, they probably don't have anyone around that even knows what you're talking about. No, there's probably like, there's probably like two people who put it together. Well, they think about what he's describing. It's like something, if you're listening on the other end of this phone, what are you like? You would just think he's the biggest idiot in the entire world. My drawer is stuck. I yeah. can't get it unstuck. Well, the, th- the one thing is, you know, being a old sales guy, I mean, I don't think she was like, I, it wasn't like I was yelling at the lady or anything. I described it pretty accurate and I was very patient and she was very nice to me and it didn't solve the problem, but at least I took it that step. I, I can't help it. You know, I, 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 it was so frustrating, but hey, it is. let's move on. That's, that's yeah. Ted's story. You got it you know, figured out. Got it figured out. My wife's happy and probably won't buy anything I got to put together again ever in my life. So right. We'll see. Already it's assembled. It's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of the same. We, we keep talking about like um, buying dishes that, right. you know, some stuff, you know, is not going to be dishwasher safe, but you know, all of our kids, you know, like my son's bottles, all of his like little forks and all the stuff, the pieces we're to the point now where it's like, if it's not dishwasher safe, we're not getting it because <laughs> right. you end up with a pile of these little pieces of every bottle that you have to hand wash. Now <laughs> I grew up, I grew up without a dishwasher. I mean, my, my parents were like, I, they would always say we've got four dishwashers because we yeah, have four right. kids. And I, so I grew up doing <laughs> dishes. So it's like, I, I did enough dishes in my life. I do not want to hand wash everything. So it's kind of the same thing. If, if the, uh, the TV stand isn't assembled, I don't want it. Right. I got a bachelor question for Jared. Oh, wow. So, so living on your own, this is something that I do. And I still, I still pull bachelor stuff out all the time from my old days. Like if, if you eat a bowl of cereal, do you just like rinse it out right then after you're done and just throw it in the sink dryer and then use it the next time? Uh, so I have a dishwasher here. I never use it. I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a clean freak. I, I wash it immediately mm-hmm. and I can't, I like, it can't sit there. And if my girlfriend would come to visit, like sometimes she like will like like if I come home like back from work or whatever, and she's been hanging out here, and there's like a like the very first thing I'll go right to the sink, like I wash whatever's in there. Like there's usually like a plate, or, like I just can't stand it. Okay, it's, it's like this place is spotless ninety nine percent of the time. Except Why for the music being played outside. No, yeah. no, I'm just I I, <laughs> I eat a I eat a bowl of cereal about every day, and I use the same bowl every day. I just rinse it out, let it dry. Next morning, I'm ready to eat. I'll use I'll, I'll use the same cup for a couple of days. Like if, I've, if I'm just using it for water, right? Um, these these bottles, these blender bottles, I'll use them a couple of days. There's some a cereal. Yeah, I guess if you rinse it out right away. But if there's any old milk residue in there, I don't. Right. I don't want yeah. moldy milk residue in my no. cereal bowl. There's never any. It's hot water rinse very thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's. That's been wait. That's what everybody's been waiting for here in yeah. my uh, <laughs> yeah. my bowl washing story. As we got another podcast under it, well, let's get into some good stuff. Let's get into some good stuff. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back after this. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center was recently voted the best fitness facility in Mid Michigan. If you haven't experienced the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center yet, what are you waiting for? Included with your membership is use of the locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna a swimming pool, cardio exercise gym featuring treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. 
Also included with your membership is the use of the SkyTrack for walking, jogging, and great views of the entire Memorial Campus and surrounding area. If you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at the flat rate of 150 bucks. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. For more details, follow and like on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right. I know we, we love to talk about our Detroit teams, but I, there's a different story that's really been percolating my brain uh, for the last week. That is the Pat Fitzgerald firing at, mm-hmm. at Northwestern. Just give me the floor for a couple of minutes. I got a lot to say and a few different thoughts. So just give me a couple minutes to spit it out. Do it. Okay. So for those who don't know, Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern's head coach, fired. Essentially what came out in the reports was these these hazing activities that kids would put on purge-like masks, turn the lights out in the locker room, hump the whoever the underclassman was who messed up at practice that day. I am so done with hazing. How is this flat out still a thing? One, how is it ever a thing? I've never understood it. What yeah. is it supposed to be good for team building or, or friendship or some whatever weird frat kid who created it? thought back in Ted's day in the seventies. I don't understand it. It needs to be done. With that being said, there's a few different thoughts I have on what really happened. I don't think anybody knows for sure. Did Fitzgerald know? Did he not know? Let's just act like Fitzgerald did not know. Fitzgerald didn't know. Flat out, these kids in that locker room, they're not even kids. They are my age, 22, 23, some 24 with all these COVID seasons. These upperclassmen who, mind you, just wheeled out a 1-11 season take it upon themselves to be the weirdos who are putting kids through these weird hazing activities, man. At some point, you got to look at the kids. The coach can't see everything. They can't. These Mm -hmm. weirdo kids, man, they should be kicked off the team. I hate that the coach has to fall on the sword for all these situations. Yes. He had, he's been this kind of culture King. He's always standing on this, you know, moral high ground that Northwestern has this incredible culture. And this would be a clear, you know, opposite of that. And so I understand why people would say the coach has to know about coach knows everything. College coaches, nothing is nothing. There's nothing that goes on in these programs. They don't know about flat out, dude. At some point you got to blame the players. Yeah. I don't care if the coach maybe did know about it. At some point, just it, these kids in that locker room, these 80 college kids in this locker room, underclassmen, upperclassmen, redshirt freshmen, seniors, super seniors, you see this going on. How do you just idly stand by and let it happen? You let stuff get written on dry erase boards about it. You, Flat out, let these weirdos on your team. And here's the best part about it. Like I said, they suck. One and 11. Not like they're Alabama, you know, first round picks. Like, yeah, maybe a little bit tougher for the uh, the underclassmen to go and say something to these guys who are, you know, going to be playing for the Detroit Lions next year. These are scrub-a-dubs. And they showed in their record. And it showed in the locker room and it showed in the culture. And that's why your head coach, who is uni- almost universally beloved by all the th- fan base, all the alums, all the players, there's a reason he kept his job after a 1-11 season. You basically, by your actions, got him fired. 
So I hope that they aren't just some snot-nosed kids, which they probably are, who don't give a shit. They they think they're on top of the world. They're college athletes. Nothing can touch them. I hope that the punishment should be twice as hard on those kids. They should be off the team if your coach is going to get fired for that. So I put more of the blame on these players, these mm-hmm. men, than I do on Fitzgerald. Now, even if, let's say Fitzgerald knew about it, he should have been fired on the spot, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. I mean – not only because he's always stood on this sort of moral high ground, like I said, that Northwestern's above you, they're smart, you know, they're like Michigan or whatever with their academics. They don't necessarily win every game, but they're going to do it the right way. That was a facade. And we know it was a facade. Looking back, uh, a mirage, whatever word you want to use. Looking back, there's a sports psychologist who went played football for Northwestern 10 years ago who said he entered uh, therapy because of what happened to him 10 years ago, Northwestern. So chances are this has been going on for a long, long time. Chances are Fitzgerald knew about it and just turned his nose up at it. How in God's green earth do you know that's going on in your locker room and you just let it go? If that is the case, there's probably no way to ever truly prove it. Most likely he knew totally the right decision to fire him. I don't care. It's not cancel culture. It's not woke culture. It's just having common sense fired. Uh, so it's just this whole story. I don't know why it's old news to most of the people listening to this, but it's just, I can't stop thinking about it. How yeah. dumb it is. The out, outpouring of support for Fitzgerald as soon as he got fired. The fact that we haven't heard who these kids were that were the ones doing this hazing and just flat out. Why is hazing still a goddamn thing? Yeah. I, maybe you guys can enlighten me more on this. Like, it seems like maybe Matt, your generation was more like that's it seems like maybe when that was at its like peak, like where it's big, t- like it was almost like popular thing to do almost. Right. Ted, your generation maybe is what started it. Obviously, my generation has learned from it and they keep doing it no, no matter how dumb it is. And the fact, you know, it's going to come back and bite you. I just don't understand. Where do you guys stand on this story? One, do you think Fitzgerald was the root of it? Did he know about it? Two, if you didn't, do you think that he should have been fired for it if he flat out didn't know? And then thirdly, what is hazing? Why is it still a goddamn thing? I mean, I, I'm definitely with you that I've I've always thought hazing has no place in the locker room anywhere, whether it's an office, you know, whether it's a, a sports locker room, whether it's wherever. I sure, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you keep throwing around Ted's days, but there, there's a lot of stuff that maybe was more acceptable a hundred years ago, fifty years ago, that now looking back is like, okay, that that probably wasn't right. <laughs> There's a lot of things in this culture that we've learned that uh, we let slip back in the day that clearly we should not have. And I think hazing is definitely one of them. I just, there's, there's no reason for it. Maybe there can be different levels. Okay. Making the rookie on a football team go buy everyone donuts and coffee in the morning. Okay. If you want to call that hazing, I don't really see that as hazing. Maybe that's just rookie initiation or something, that stuff, you know, okay, cool. But even, even like, as far as I've seen people share videos where they make a rookie pay, they all go out to like steak dinners Mm -hmm. they make a rookie pay the $20,000 restaurant bill. I'd be like, no, I'm not paying that. I I just, this is my whole signing bonus. Like you guys are making millions. Like, what are we talking about here? But yeah, when you when you talk about the hazing, like what happened, at least allegedly, you know, at, at Northwestern or some of the other stuff that we found out, no, it's just not necessary. I mean, you, you can really mess people up psychologically for a long time with stuff like that. And it's it's just a, the wrong thing to do in this culture. As far as Pat Fitzgerald, it's it's a lot of strange things. It's weird to me that he got fired, but the rest of the staff got kept. Yeah. You know, you always hear like you you laid out, you always hear that these coaches, Nick Saban, Jim Harbaugh, 
um, Kirby Smart, all these coaches, you know, Joe Paterno with everything that went on at Penn State. These coaches know everything. Even Bo Schimbeckler, the stuff that's come out about him. These head coaches are like bigger than the program. They know everything that happens in their program. And like you said, I just don't think that can necessarily be true on a college football campus as big as Northwestern, even Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, whatever. They're not going to literally know everything that's going on. And for him to get fired, but none of the assistants, it's just kind of like, do you think if, if you're saying Pat Fitzgerald knew, you're thinking none of the assistants knew anything about this? So what I, that kind of confused me. You're just, yeah, you're, you're just throwing out everything good that you said Pat Fitzgerald ever did for the program, firing him, and you're saying all the, fit, all the assistants are safe. That, that's just very strange to me, especially when it's not really proven that he did know. So it's just kind of it's just kind of strange to me. It's almost like they they needed a reason to fire him. This happened, so they got rid of him. That's what it almost comes off like to me. The the other part too that you you were kind of talking about, I've I've kind of mentioned before. I know we kind of joke about I don't really like Tom Izzo, you know, that that kind of stuff. I don't I'm a very big Jim Harbaugh fan, John Howard, but I also don't put these coaches, these college coaches up on pedestals. Like a lot of people do. I don't know these people personally. I don't know what, what they do know. And I don't put anything past any of these people. If Pat Fitzgerald knew this stuff was happening and allowed it, I would say, yep, doesn't surprise me. Sometimes I feel like I'm a cynic because I basically think, you know, it's kind of sad, but I basically think everyone to an extent is shitty. You know, you always hear like people say there's good in everyone. I don't think that's true. I don't think there is good in everyone. I think a lot of people are good, but I think a lot of people are not good. And maybe some of these head coaches, maybe Bo Schembechler knew some of that stuff that was going on with Michigan and let it slide. Maybe some of the people at Michigan State knew what was going on with Larry Nasser and that whole situation, and they let it slide. And if it's that kind of situation, then yeah, Pat Fitzgerald des- deserved to be fired, at least in my opinion. But when you when I hear, when I saw people like Danny Cannell was one, and I saw some other people come out and be like, Pat Fitzgerald has he's been a moral high ground, run a clean program his whole career. I've interacted with him a few times. There's nothing but good things to say about him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you need to get off your high horse because even if you've just interviewed him a couple times or you're going off of the few players that said like Pat Fitzgerald, great player or, or great coach, that doesn't mean that this person is flawless. Back to the Tom Izzo thing. I, I understand how highly regarded he is with Michigan state fans and everything like that. I would not be shocked if he knows of stuff and covered up some stuff that his players did to make sure they could be on the basketball court. I can't prove that, but it would not surprise me at all. If Tom Izzo has done some things to, you know, I don't think it would surprise you about any coach that, but that's my point. Jim Harbaugh, whoever, Bo Schembechler, whoever it is, no one is perfect. That's what my point. I don't put anything past anyone. My bigger point is it, it, it's kind of weird that Pat Fitzgerald got fired. The rest of the assistants stayed, and I'm on 100% with you. Hazing has no place in any situation. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. I mean, you know, Jared jokingly kind of said it's my generation. Alec goes back way before my generation. Man. I mean, it all goes back. It's frat stuff. It's frat boy stuff, man. That's yeah. where the hazing's all from, and it's just continued on. It's ridiculous. I, I can't frat, believe probably it today. Like, probably like military stuff, too, probably. Yes, I would have seen, yeah. yes. Uh, it's, just, it's just totally uncalled for, and whether Fitzgerald knew or didn't know, I have no idea. I think more facts will come out, especially if he goes to civil court and, and right. wins his case, because I think he probably has a good case. Matt, you said it. It was the first thing that came to my mind when I heard 
just Fitzgerald, no assistants, no players that I'm aware of at this point right. have been kicked off the team. I mean, it was very strange. The president says, well, we're going to give you a two-week suspension. And then all of a sudden, the shit hit the fan. Got to give some credit to the Northwestern University uh, journalists there that really broke the story and opened it wide open. You know, it came from uh, the start of it came from a disgruntled ex-player that had transferred out of the program, said, here's what's going on. It always right. happens that way. I tend to think whether Fitzgerald really knew the extent of it, these guys are CEOs. And I don't know how many of these head coaches are truly, uh, you know, micromanagers into every detail. They manage their assistant coaches. It's just like a head of a business. They're, he, they let their coaches pretty much run things, and that's the part that just really bothers me because you know damn well assistant coaches knew oh, something right. was going on, whether Fitzgerald really did or didn't, and then they still have their jobs. It just blows my mind. Yeah. You know, I almost think two different ways. If One, like how why are players not being you know named in this thing? If right. this happened, figure right. out who the hell these kids are, and they're off the team. Again, right. they're not any good. Kick them off. You're not losing out on Julio Jones out there on the perimeter, man. It's some right. scrub-a-dub who clearly has some screws loose doing this dumbass hazing. Kick them off. Secondly, Fitzgerald, I've always liked him, but when you go 1-11 and your big thing is how you're always been this uh, you know, moral compass for all of college football to follow, doing it right, doing it clean, I don't care if you knew. I don't care if you didn't. This, is, this just shows how rotten your culture really was. Uh, and it was all a mirage. I mean, you went one and eleven for a reason. I don't care if you have, uh, you know, Ted's zero and nine. Last joke I'm saying about Ted. Ted's zero and nine, nineteen seventy two junior year football team out there. You're gonna win us some games if you have a good culture. I don't care how talented they are. So that just showed me, like, dude, I don't feel bad for Fitzgerald. Get him out. Probably was gonna be fired after this year anyway. They probably weren't gonna perform. Uh, it's just sad if he really had nothing to do with it because, it, again, I point to these players. They are men. These yeah. are upperclassmen. They are they are 21. They can do anything they want in the United States legally. Um, it's got to come down to them at some point. Mm -hmm. Just because yeah. they're in college, man, who gives a shit? That's that's kind of what I've always – that, that's what I've definitely always thought with the hazing thing. For sure, you know, you, you think about, you know, maybe being a parent if – if your kids are doing something crazy and you're supposed to be disciplining your kids or whatever, yeah, some responsibility falls on you, of course, but it is the kid's responsibility to make those choices, you know? So kind of the same in a football locker room, the foot, you know, the coach is supposed to instill a culture. This is right. This is wrong. But especially when you're dealing with 18 to 23, 24 year old kids, they're adults. Like you, like you just said, Jared, they're adults. They're going to make their own decisions. And for, for there not to be one kid in that locker room to stand up and be like, all right, hey, guys, this this isn't cool. Like, we, you got to stop this. Or maybe if they didn't want to stand up to the players, they didn't feel comfortable with that, didn't go to an assistant and say, hey, I don't want to, you know, speak up to the players, but this stuff is going on. I think we need to do something to stop it, you know. For there not to be – maybe that did happen, you know. I don't know. Maybe that did happen, but – for that, that kind of stuff to not go on to stop it, maybe that goes back to what you're saying, Jared. Maybe they didn't have that culture that everyone thought Northwestern did or whatever. So I'm with you, though. I, I mean, I, I say it even with the play on the field. I, I understand the coaches are going to catch a lot of the flack, but I've always said, and you guys have heard me say that, 
it falls on the players sometimes. Yeah, Juwan Howard is coaching those players. Jim Harbaugh is coaching those players. But the players got to be the ones out there executing and performing. Kind of the same with this situation. The players got to make better decisions. So for Pat Fitzgerald to lose his job, okay, maybe he deserved it. But yeah, why haven't we heard any of these players? They're adults. They can be tried as adults, you know? Why have we not heard any of these names and been like, get out of here? If you're the ones doing the hazing, get out. In my dream scenario, when Fitzgerald got the call that he was fired, he called a team meeting, rallied the team around him in a circle, tears in his eyes, looked left, looked right. I taught you guys nothing. If he didn't know, I taught you guys learned nothing from me. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, it's just, again, sometimes you got to look around the room. You can't put it all on your, you know, it, we all, we all have jobs. Can't put, blame it all on your boss, man. I mean, right. you, you're, be your own boss. Unfortunately, though, that's the way it is in the yeah. world. I mean, the boss, they always say the buck stops here. Major League Baseball, they're not firing the players. They're firing the manager. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. Is it fair? No, but that's, right. that's the way it works. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, players can get cut. No, I definitely agree with what you're saying, Ted. But, you know, like players can get cut if they're not performing, but you know, like if a player let's talk about the Tigers, Javi Baez is under contract. I mean, he's going to stay on the team, but if the Tigers keep sucking, AJ Hinch will get fired before they cut Javi Baez, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of us really think that's going to happen, but you know, like that, that's kind of the scenario you're laying out. Ted. Well, yeah. Hinch got it from the Astros. No, the Astro players got, got canned. Right. Yeah, because he was the one overseeing all that cheating or whatever they exactly. were, was going on. And, so. and I'll agree with you, Matt. It makes zero sense how these assistant coaches if, – if this happened, which they did, it happened, head coach got fired, how do you just keep this staff – like what, right. as if this team's like gearing up for a freaking college football playoff run, dude. Yep. Clear house. Hit mm-hmm. the reset button. Go back to square one. Restart this program from scratch. Why in God's green earth did the rest of these guys who probably are, you know, in closer relationships with these players than the head coaches, who's more of like a CEO role in some sense. Exactly. How the God's green earth do they keep their job? They're probably more guilty than anyone. It yeah. just, just makes the story at, at from square one where he got suspended for two weeks. And then <laughs> wouldn't you know it, as soon, like if you didn't, if you weren't willing to face the backlash of when this went live, which it was going to, then this president should almost be fired too. Like how he botched this scenario. Everything, it was yes. botched at every turn from the players in the locker room to Fitzgerald, to the president, to these assistant coaches somehow keeping their job. It's just been a masterclass on effing something up. Amen. Well, let's go from that. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that I don't, yeah, just, just keep it rolling. I'm, yeah. I'm the, Brighter, brighter and better stories. Absolutely. Well, you, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Summer League, didn't you? Yeah. So another story I have real quick. Uh, I mean, in positive news, Asar Thompson, the Pistons draft pick. No, he's good. not Victor Wembanyama. But I have been – and then, yes, it is Summer League. Regardless, I have been blown away by this kid. He stepped on the floor. And I remember Bill Simmons interviewed Kevin O'Connor, who's like their big draft guy over at the ringer. And he said something like these, these Thompson twins, they're going to step into the NBA and they're going to be a top. They're going to be one of the 10 best athletes in, on the court. And I remember laughing at it. Like what? No shot. You see it. These guy, this guy is faster than everybody. Looks, he's built. He's jumping out of the gym. He's throwing on alley-oops. He's a strong board, pulling down 14 rebounds a game. He's pushing it on the break. He's got playmaking abilities. He's throwing oops, dunking oops. I, I love what I saw from Asar Thompson. I know the Pistons are a ways away. 
But flat out, they got a great piece at pick number five. And you don't get that in every draft. Pick number five, yeah. it's like almost 50-50 if this guy's going to be a real contributor. This guy is a stud. I don't know if he's going to be lighting it up, you know, in year one. Obviously, he's not Wimbanyana, which we all hoped we would get. But given all that, he looks damn good in summer league. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I think he's a really, really good player. That's going to be a good piston for years to come. I mean, hopefully you're right. I, I think kind of to your point, he's doing what everyone said he was going to be. Everyone knew he was a hell of an athlete. You know, the athleticism was there, the, the defensive ability. But so, yeah, alley-oops, cool. Fast on the court, cool. Yep, all that kind of stuff. But everyone always said he, he has no shot. I mean, you can develop that, of course. So hopefully that comes. And, you know, just like the overall, like, basketball IQ type of thing that you need in the NBA. So that, that stuff can come. I just, I, you know, I come back to it summer league, you know, there's a lot of guys who tear up summer league and then don't end up doing anything in the NBA. Yes. It's exciting to see. You'd rather see him doing this than looking terrible. Cause then you would right. be like, man, what the heck did they do with this pick? So yeah, that it's, it's exciting to see him, you know, athletic and everything like that, especially if you put him next to hopefully Cade Cunningham can stay healthy Ivy and Duran and all these guys can stay healthy and develop. So yeah, the, all, uh, like we've been saying, the potential is there. All the potential is there. They have some pieces. You know, it's just you got a bunch of athletic dudes. Like at some point, you got to have some actual NBA players. So you know, hopefully, you know they they can build something. Um, I'm I'm skeptical though. I'm I'm much more skeptical than you on the Pistons, but the potential. Yeah. Is there. Oh, I'm not all all hyped up about summer league either, but you know, I think they've got a piece of the puzzle. I think yeah. he's going to definitely be a solid player in the NBA. It remains to be seen when they start playing the games for real, because let's let's face it, summer league's a little little thing to watch. Uh, you know, when you're at the All Star break or you want to get away from baseball a little bit, but summer league is summer league. I mean, it's not the greatest brand of basketball, that's for yeah. sure, but. Uh, I, I'm probably a little bit more on the optimistic side than Matt. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Pistons do have a pretty decent young core. Uh, Cunningham's got to be healthy and, and play up to his potential. The rest of the players that they have that are young, there is potential there. And they've got yeah. a, a proven coach now that knows how to coach young players. So I think, you know, my glass is a little bit more than half full than half empty. So go Pistons. I'm yeah. definitely half empty. But, you know, again, I'm, I'm hopeful. It's just been so long. It's been so long when you think about those going to work Pistons yep. when Jared was just running around in diapers. You know, I mean, that was so long ago that we got to watch actual good Piston basketball. I mean, sure. but would you guys agree, though, watching those games? It's like he jumped off the screen. It's like, wow, yeah. who is this guy? Wow. Right. Looks like a man yeah. among boys. And the thing that was surprising to me, it's like you would expect him to be coming into these games like a little bit slower uh, just given from the league that they were coming from, which is like hardly competition. Uh, but I really think we might have found a gem. And I understand I'm dumb. And I understand I had, you know, this whole soliloquy about the Tigers being great this year. That's maybe hasn't totally came true. But I, this is that for the Pistons. I really do think he's a stud, potential all star someday. I, I just, I, and he's going to be fun to watch, which mm-hmm. is my favorite part about it dunking, running on the break, just skying over everybody. I mean, sign me up for five more years of that. So yeah. I'll give you guys positive Pistons news, man. Midsummer, they're, they're, we're coming through. We're looking good. Positive Pistons news, and you brought up the Tigers. And to be honest, I mean, you guys know my feelings on the Tigers, that's for sure. But they're only six games out of first place. And right. 
as we record on Monday night, they're they're starting a four game series with the Royals, who, as bad as the Tigers might be, the Royals are times five as worse than the Tigers. So there's there's a chance that they could sweep a four game series if they could at least win three or four against the Royals. Uh, the Twins, I think they're they're starting a four game series with the Mariners, who the Mariners are pretty good. So the Twins could, if they could split or lose three or four to the Mariners. The Tigers might, after by the end of this week, they might be within two or three games of the AL Central if they, you know, they obviously have to have to win some games. But you know, though, what the trade deadline is August first, so basically two yeah. weeks away, they're, they they could mess around and be within two, three, four games of the AL Central by the trade deadline, and mm-hmm. people are going to be saying they should be buyers, not sellers. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not because, but but the thing is, is they don't really have that many selling pieces you know they like they don't have some hot pitcher reliever that the yankees or you know um you know like the angels or something these teams that they would trade like everything for this reliever the the tigers don't really have those pieces so so yeah i would personally i'd probably stand pat with this team this year i don't think i'd make any big moves you know if if they can get somewhat hot like you're talking about against the royals and some of these other teams and get themselves in the race as we head into August, you know, just roll with it because you're losing Cabrera's contract next year. Maybe you can, maybe you can encourage a decent free agent signing, you know, to come on in without giving up any of your young core. They are starting to get a little healthy, um, you know, and they're, 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 I've said it many times this summer, even though they're 10 under 500, they're, they're kind of a fun team to watch. So yeah, uh, I think the future's, halfway decent for the Tigers. They need some of this young pitching to stay healthy and develop. That's that's hurt them so bad. Yeah, this is where I'm at with the trade deadline and, and where they'll be. I mean, we saw I I think Steve Eiserman people seem to be hot and cold on him with the Red Wings. I mean, right. you, a GM, it's you're not you're not a wizard, man. You can't make everything right overnight. And and what was telling to me was the Red Wings are in a similar situation last year as the Tigers are now. You know, basically in the playoff chase, and he sold Tyler Bertuzzi off to the Bruins, basically mm-hmm. saying like, hey. I understand what this looks like now, but it's like this team is not there yet. And I got to be the one to make a tough decision to be a seller, even though everyone's going to bitch at me for it. Scott Harris, I just, I have a feeling he's going to be selling at the deadline. And Mm -hmm. I, and I hate, and I know it won't be popular. The Tigers might be four games out of the, out of the division race. If you are looking for the future, you can't do the quick, you know, instant gratification moves like Al Avila did in that last year. year, man. And we're, we're we're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. I I at well, some point you just got to swallow. You know this is like a refereeing term. Swallow the whistle. I, I'm okay with him if he decides. You know what? What if we have a great stretch here and you know we're one game out of the out of the race and he sells somebody? I, I wouldn't be pissed at him. I know yeah. people would be, but I would personally wouldn't. I'd understand it. And I think well, it's big, a tough decision that the unpopular decision that he would have to make that you know right. he's going to get hate for. But you got to do it if you are the right man for the job. Right. The big thing would be you brought up Alavila would be if he gets the right people in return because Alavila didn't on basically every move that he made. You look and the Tigers got fleeced in basically every trade that Alavila made. Dave Dombrowski was one who was very much win now. He traded everyone for the win now type pieces, but they also had obviously a very good core of veterans and a manager in Jim Leland, so it worked. Yeah. They didn't get a World Series out of it, but you know they won a ton of games and made the playoffs a lot. So and that's where the, the Tigers are. They're obviously not where they were when Dabrowski was running things. 
maybe they're in a little bit of a better place, you know, after post post Alavila. But yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do though. Now, before we get to our special guest in the prep spotlight, two quick things on baseball. I just wanted to throw out there the all-star game. We just had the all-star game and you know, they had the home run derby. How long have they had the pitchers in the home run derby, just basically 10 feet in front of the batter and just tossing it up there to them. It's, that's kind of recent, isn't it? It kind of looked weird to me. I didn't watch, I, to be honest. I guess I, it, I feel like I'm it's always been like that, hasn't it? Has it? I always thought they threw from the mound or pretty close to the mound. Maybe not. Maybe. But that, I mean, I think it's always basically been like batting practice pitching. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm talking about how close they were. They had that cage up there real yeah. close to the batter, man. That's beside yeah, the point. The one right. I got to have my annual bitch about the damn uniforms. <laughs> Come on. Major I didn't hate the uniforms as much as you guys did, but I mean, well, you're just taken away from the home teams, the you know, the home right. and away teams, their classic uniforms. The each major league team does their own branding. What do they really gain by having an all star uniform? Are they really selling that much extra merchandise? Really? I was I was going to say it has to be to try and sell hats and jerseys, but right, they can't be selling that many, especially in baseball. Maybe maybe the NBA, but probably not even the NBA. But I mean, Even though I, I said I didn't hate the unis as much as you guys, I'm I'm with you. Go go back to the home and the away. Yeah, if I had to pick, yes, I'd go back. But I mean, this is now I think three straight weeks on this podcast. This topic has came it up. Is? I mean, come on, man. Just remember, just let it go. Let it go. I, I understand I, your hatred for it. I appreciate it. That's why we love you on the pod. But I mean, <laughs> it's just damn uniforms, man. Just let us sail yeah, off the sunset. Maybe we'll we'll bring it back up next year when they have god awful uniforms again, and I'll hate it too. And Listen, we'll Jared. Do the same thing and sail it off for a year. There, I, there are some just, things I'll get off my box. Okay, the 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 pitch clock. Okay, I admit it's it's improved the game. I'm, I'll move forward on that. I will never move forward on the All Star uniforms. It's stupid. I mean, I just saw a picture like from the '71 All Star game, and there's the National League along the line. There's the American League along the line. Like in two seconds, I can see which player is which player. There's Bill yeah. Freehand. There's uh, Pete Rose. There's Vita Blue. They're in their uniforms. You can't yeah. tell them apart when they're doing that in this game. You can't. Yeah. No, there is something cool about Jason Williams. I Because I, I go back to the NBA. Jason Williams doing his behind-the-back pass to yeah. – uh, Man, who, who the hell he throw that to? But yes, anyway, I'm, right. I'm blanking on on the names. But Kobe Bryant throwing down a ridiculous alley oop dunk from Tim Duncan, and you know they're in their home uniforms or whatever. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm also with Jared. They're just uniforms, you know, whatever. But <laughs> can't we have our own causes? Though I I feel very <laughs> very passionately about well, that topic. It gave me it gave me minor to you guys, but I think it's stupid. Yeah, it is. Well, I I think it's stupid for baseball. I think it's like I don't see the reason to do it for football or basketball. Those people know who those guys are. Baseball right. is such a regional sport. Yeah, right. I mean, there's something to be said when you see some of these guys. You you first things like I don't even know who this is. What team is he on? Exactly. I mean, if you're a real baseball diehard, you don't have that issue. I follow baseball pretty regularly. Last couple of years, and I'll be I'll be honest. I didn't know who some of the guys were who they played for. You know, Man, so it's mm-hmm. just I for that sense, I do think it's smart to when you to see these all-stars see them in their jerseys you know put it if you want to sell some stuff in the merchandise tent do something with the hat do something with yes. the, you know put a patch on it put a star on the hat above the d it's not it's not rocket science well do you guys remember that would, that when the, the tigers the tigers used to have uh batting practice blue jerseys with the orange d on it those right. were kind of cool I'd, yep. I'd buy something like that but then they'd change in their uniform for the game yeah 
That's that's probably the fair point. The whole marketing side of baseball, because a lot of you know casual fans, even people who follow the sport, don't know all these players. And if you want them to grow the game, be like, oh man, I really like how that pitcher's throwing. Who, what team does he play for? Really? Boom, it's for the Angels. Boom, it's for the Mariners. You see the uniform, right? But when everyone looks the same, you you, you gotta like, I mean, not that it's hard, but you gotta look up the roster and try and find them, and you know whatever. So too much work. Too yeah. much work. All right, well, let's do some prep work. We'll have uh, Tyler Graham going to be joining us. We're going to talk a little high school football right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or stop into the store in downtown Owasso. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, let's hop in the prep spotlight. Uh, high school football is coming up. I think we're about a month and a half away from high school football kicking off in Michigan. So who better to have on than Tyler Graham? He runs the Twitter account and other social media, but big on Twitter, at Mish FB Frenzy. That's at M-I-C-H-F-B Frenzy. Give him a follow there. He's also a scout for Prep Red Zone. So he definitely knows his high school football. I mean, we, we all follow uh, what you do on Twitter. You put out a lot of really cool content with high school football in Michigan, and you're, you're plugged into the scene just like um, the three of us are. So we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, yeah, thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm getting excited for the season. We're almost there, and I know you guys are getting excited. You guys got a pretty good team over there in Corona here. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully maybe we'll see so. you doing a, doing a little bit with the Cavaliers here this fall, but – Let's start Absolutely. off with, with your page, you know, Mich- Michigan High School uh, or Football Frenzy there. Again, yeah. I, ju- I just want to make sure everyone uh, listening, give them a follow at MishFBFrenzy. You, re- you really won't be disappointed if you like high school football in Michigan. But let- let's talk about that page kind of what, quickly. Like, what's your background? What got you into high school football? And tell-, tell our listeners a little bit about, like, what you try to do with that page. Yeah, so I started off, um, it started off with three of us. Um, and it was just three friends that love high school football and wanted an excuse to uh, to get to games on Friday nights. And, you know, I was seeing scores from around the state and I was like, I wish there was a place where you yeah. could just see all of them at, at all of them at the same time, rather than having to go look, you know, for the guy that covers the Southeast, the guy that covers the UP, the guy that covers over Grand Rapids. I wanted a central place. And so that was kind of where it started. Um, and then they got, real jobs so i uh <laughs> i ended up having to you know load a little bit more onto myself um but it's been worth it it's been awesome um the support's been unreal um yeah i just got into football just i mean obviously i played in youth youth and stuff like that moving up from middle yeah. school into high school um then 
there was kind of a point where I realized that if I wanted to make any fun, any money of football, it was not going to be on the, you know, playing on the field. So, um, and then I, for a little while, right before COVID was, uh, with Elma college, just, uh, kind of under, um, kind of under the wing of the recruiting coordinator there and kind of was learning. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, COVID hit and that was kind of the, the end of that run. Um, and then I had a baby right towards the end of COVID. So it was kind of a bad time to go back. So, um, yeah, once I hit the once I hit the summer, I started itching, and that was where the page came about. Was just we were excited for football season. Cool. Well, so, I'll tell you, you can't get enough of high school football as far as we're concerned. And uh, did you say you 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 worked in the Alma area? Is that where you're from, or you, where? Yeah, so I went to uh, Vesterberg High School. Um, okay. Right, kind of, you know, west of there. Um, and now I live just east of there in Breckenridge, so I've kind of stayed around mid-Michigan, uh, so, so that's pretty much where we're based out of. So some decent eight-man football in that area, but I was going to ask you from your experience and your coverage, uh, we always talk about, obviously, Jared's down in Detroit, you know, and there's a lot of great teams down there, but we always talk about yeah. West Michigan, how solid that is for high school football. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um one of our favorite stops, we try and make, you know, no matter what, we try and make a stop in Rockford. I mean, that that place, you know, it's just unbelievable. But the facilities over there are just different. And then the programs, you got, you know, historic programs, West Catholic, you know, Lowell, East Grand Rapids. Uh, right. Just the, his, the history over there is just different. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, Muskegon, stuff like that, Mona Shores. Just there's so much good football over there. Um, legendary coaches, just they take it very serious over there. You can tell yeah. that it is it is a way of life for them. Yep. Yeah, we, we love high school football on this pod. We could talk shop about it all day. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite questions to ask guys who grew up maybe not in our area or wherever. I mean, you've seen a lot. You're kind of an aficionado in, in this sense. I mean, you've seen a lot of good teams, a lot of good players. Is there certain teams that you remember over the years that, like, man, that was the best team I ever saw? And, and, and also, who's the best player you've ever seen? Boy, that's a good question. Um, one of the best in-person players that I've ever seen was Dante Moore. That from King, just unbelievable, um, unbelievable skills at every level, intermediate throws, deep balls, running the ball, manipulating the pocket. I mean, it's just, he had it all. Um, I'm excited to see him at the next level. Mm -hmm. One of the best teams that I've ever seen, um, gosh, De La Salle back in like the 20, what was it, 2014, I think, against Mona Shores um in the state finals and i believe that was the uh viral video where the guy was dancing yeah. in the locker room and <laughs> right. talking about having a swagger back that yeah, team, swagger back <laughs> yeah that was unbelievable i believe their running back alan stritzinger ended up going to play uh at the next level syracuse i think it was and that team was just unbelievable but last year's de la salle team probably is right there as well i mean drogas and those guys just unbelievable dominated looked you know, made him look silly in the state finals. Yeah. I mean, Dan Roan going to De La Salle, it's almost like a cheat code. I, we've talked about it. You know, they've won back-to-back -back state finals. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins 20 by the time he wraps up his career, if he stays at the high school ranks. I mean, he's yep. such a damn good coach. What is it that uh, – what drew you to high school football? What What is it that you love so much about covering it? I mean, all of us are big football guys. You know, we love college, we love NFL. We appreciate high school football. What is it about high school football specifically that you love so much? I think it's the relatability, you know, it's the, you know, the kid next door that's the starting quarterback. You just don't, 
you know, right. you just don't see that everywhere. And I think it's just the sense of community is a little bit different because you're not just playing for, you know, Michigan or Michigan State where you're repping a whole state. You're representing, you know, 5,000 people in this just little region. So I think the, you know, sense of community and how close-knit it is, I think that makes it pretty special. And Friday night lights, I mean, that you don't get any better than that. It's there, so there's true. Nothing. Yep. That's there's nothing like Friday night lights. That that's why Ted that's why Ted can't officially retire. He just can't walk <laughs> away from those Friday night lights. It it is absolutely addicting. Last year there was a couple times where I was like looking up games close to where I was watching a game to see if that one might go into overtime or that one <laughs> might be running a little long because I was like, I don't want to go home yet. I'd like to watch right. some more football. Yeah. So yeah, it is it is absolutely addicting. And you're right about the relatability. I, I, I've had some coworkers kind of laugh at me, like, well, what is it you love so much about high school football? And I remember back as a kid, you, I think I've said this on the pod before. It's, you know, when I was growing up, the, the guys I looked up to, you know, was Gabe Dean. That was like my idol, man. That was like my LeBron James. I never looked at LeBron. I never thought I could emulate that. But I was like, oh, Gabe Dean, this high school quarterback is a stud. You know, I could maybe try to emulate that. And so that's what Absolutely. I always loved about it. Heading into Absolutely. this upcoming season, are there any big storylines or, or, or what's a team you're watching or a player you're watching? What are you looking forward to most in this upcoming 2024 season? I just was looking over some stuff the other day, and I think one of the biggest underrated moves of the entire offseason was Ithaca dropping down to uh, Division Eight. Mm. Um, they made a big, you know, big long run last year, obviously lost big to St. Francis. Um, in the regional final, but I think that they will definitely have something for Division Eight. Um, I think they are, yeah, obviously a pretty historic program. They are well coached. You know, the Hesbrooks, obviously, just unbelievable family tradition. Um, so I would say Ithaca is one that I would keep an eye on. They could very well make a pretty deep run in Division Eight. Um, another one, a little bit higher up in Division. Um, I'm looking for like Gladwin. I, I'm curious to what, see what they do, how they follow up um, a ma magical run last year. Yeah. I mean, I followed them pretty closely. They played close to us a couple times, so we, we, we covered a couple of their games. We were at the Grand Rapids Catholic Central game at Ithaca High School, um, and they just they looked incredible. And they return a lot of production, and there's a couple of guys that are coming from JV that uh, the coaches are looking to step up. I am very curious to see what Gladwin does this year. Ted, didn't you, did you follow Gladwin? Did you call one of their games there too? Or did we just talk about Gladwin a few times? You talking about me? Yeah, I, I feel like, didn't you call one of their games? Maybe? No, no, I didn't. Okay. I, I know the, the big story that just blew me away, though, was Gladwin beating Frankenmuth in the finals. I mean, Yeah, that maybe was, that's what I'm thinking. It was incredible. Because yeah. Frankenmuth looked like they had everything to roll to the state championship. Question I do have for you, it's back to the smaller ranks, you know, here in our area, I mean, we could talk about the Corona Cavaliers. They should definitely make a run. But the two small schools in Division Seven, year in, year out, are powerhouses: New Lothrop and Palama Westphalia. Yes, they are a couple of the best of the bunch. Uh, we were actually before we started the page. Uh, me and my friends actually went to their uh, playoff game a few years ago, um, where I believe there was a missed kick at the end of the end yep. of the game to send. Yep. Yeah, we were there for that. Uh, <laughs> freaking cold night man but it was like old school smash mouth football and that's what i love about the lower divisions you go you know obviously those two schools you know you go to like fowler beale city carson yep. city you know you get those schools that just love to play old school 
line up in the tee and hit you. And <laughs> there's nothing better than that. Yeah, you can't you can't beat just old school wing tee. Like you said, smash mouth football. When you're sitting up in the old wooden stands and you're just freezing your butt off in November in Michigan or whatever, man, it just it makes me. I, I can't wait for football to come back. That's for sure. I'm ready. We've had almost there. So you you probably know these guys and they're, they've become friends of the pod. Snooze to you and Goose Poop. Yes. Two yeah. two other legendary people in the Michigan high school football. You know social media world, I guess. Absolutely. You guys ever talk about doing some sort of collaboration, the three of you? I mean, you, you guys are all so good at like what you do, you know, it's kind of three different things. Um, yeah. Some big yeah, old co collaboration, come up with your own network or something like that. Is that a thing or? It, that would be, that would be really cool. <laughs> Especially I know Goose, I, I listened to his uh, interview with you guys as well. Not too long ago. Again, just, just a refresh. Cause I love, I love hearing the way, he speaks yep. and you know how smart he is obviously harvard guy um, yeah. yeah but yeah i i i did experiment a little bit with it um i did put up some polls last year um on game days kind of asking people's lean on point spreads you know is dateless al going to cover the spread this week is trevor city st francis going to cover the school you know cover the spread right. is the over under going to hit um, and yeah, I asked his permission to do that and he thought it was great promotion. And I was like, let's, let's do it, man. So I, I'm not opposed to it. I think there's been some conversations. I, I wouldn't mind uh, working with yeah. them more. Yeah. They both are so good at what they do. I mean, snooze. I mean, when I was in high school, that was where I went to see if we were in or out or where yeah, they absolutely. had us heading. Um, always disappointed to look and see that we were heading to Muskegon Catholic central in round one. Um, <laughs> So don't appreciate that, but yeah, absolutely. I, I love those guys and what they do. A uh, couple of guys that I have major respect for and I do enjoy working with. Yep. You mentioned Ithaca and I'll be honest, that's the first I've heard that they've dropped down to D8. That's, that's incredible. I mean, what a powerhouse program at D6 for so many years. I mean, it's just, it's a sign that I'm getting old. I can't believe that. Um, but what they yeah. have, they have a great field, man. Uh, right off the yes. highway, right on your as you're going by uh, the jumbotron, the turf field, brand new this year. What are what's some of your favorite places to take in a game on a Friday night? That that was definitely one, especially since the updates. That that was cool. We went there a few times because we went to uh, watch Ithaca play there uh, twice, and we watched Gladwin play there once last year. So three yeah. three weeks out of the year, we did watch them there. Um, I mentioned Rockford, obviously. Rockford's a really cool one. Um, don't sleep on like a Charlotte. Charlotte has a really nice facility. Uh, we watched them against Chelsea last year and it, it was a very cool experience. The atmosphere is unreal. Um, and the last one will be Gladwin. Gladwin, I don't know if anybody's ever been there, but the stands are on top of the field. I mean, you are <laughs> in the field. Um, and then there's like lawn chairs and people bringing out their lawn chairs and sitting all, you know, right on the sidelines. I mean, damn That's near cool. tripping tripping the referees awesome. i mean it and it is a cool experience especially i mean i went last year when obviously the community was you know really behind them and the atmosphere was unbelievable that's cool uh tyler before we let you out of here i have a final question for you uh on a friday night okay you're doing high school football how do you figure out where you're gonna go week to week so i do look at proximity first just to see is there one you know close by that is going to be awesome. Um, I also do have a spreadsheet of some players that I'd like to cover for the prep red zone stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll look at that as well, especially this year going into this year, I've got a list of players that I would 
like to see. Um, and then it's just looking, you know, we have our rankings that should be coming out here soon. Um, and I'll look and see if there's top five, 10, 10 matchups. Um, yeah, any anything that we can do to uh, cover, especially some guys that don't quite get the buzz. Like, it's very doubtful that we'll be at, you know, Belleville and West Bloomfield. But it is very possible to see us at a Beale City ever. You know, it's right. I like covering the guys that don't get the shine, especially, you know, growing up where I did in Vesterberg. We had athletes, but, you know, not many people knew about that because right. we were just such a small school that, they don't get the same coverage. So that that's one place that I would like to start usually is what close games near me, you know, smaller schools need, need a little well, bit more coverage. Well, if you get an opportunity, I know our Corona Cavaliers are going to be pretty good. Uh, week four, they play at Owasso. Owasso is another one of those classic stadiums built during the depression. Wilman field uh, Friday night there under their lights. It's, it's something to see. So I think you'd enjoy that if you ever do make a trip to Owasso. Now, Absolutely. yes, 100% Ted is, he is spot on. It, I think it's a sleeper stadium in the state of Michigan. That might be about a 60 point blowout. Though. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but, that's fair. But the stadium, the stadium experience. Hey, yeah, probably bulletin board material there. So. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Tyler, we appreciate the time. We're going to be continuing yeah. to follow your stuff and sharing it with our social media. Tell our uh, listeners best way to catch up with your stuff. Yeah, you guys hit it right on the head. Uh, M-I-C-H-F-B Frenzy right on Twitter. Uh, we got links onto our, uh, obviously, our Instagram and uh, threads and everything like that. Um, and then, obviously, you can find some of my uh, written articles at Prep Red Zone Michigan. Uh, I'll, I obviously post a lot of the uh, articles straight to my Twitter, so you shouldn't have any problem finding that. So, Sounds good. Well, we appreciate the time, man. Good good catching up with you. We'll, uh, we'll definitely check in during the football season. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, you guys. Appreciate it. Sky Mint Cannabis is one of Three Point Podcast title partners. Stop into one of their convenient locations and get your questions answered by their expert bud tenders. Add to your summertime fun with Sky Mint Cannabis. They have Michigan's best bundles for deals on flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks and also gift cards are available. Check out the Sky Mint Reserve featuring a wide variety of exceptional profiles farm to stash grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan, including the brand new store up in Traverse City. For more details, and if you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. The Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center is the latest addition to the ever-growing Memorial Campus in Owasso, Michigan. Here are youngsters, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at a flat rate of $150. Start anytime with no enrollment fee. Included with your membership is use of the SkyTrack, locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, sauna, a swimming pool, cardio exercise theater, including treadmills, ellipticals, free weights, and a whole lot more. The three of us support and wholly endorse the Wellness Center. Many great classes are also available like yoga, rock and ride, cycling, step cardio boot camp, and tons more. For more details, follow and like them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Matt, I think you may want to start this off. You actually tuned into something that Jared and I have talked yeah. about before. 
I did. I had to with with your guys. It was you know if you guys didn't hype up Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and all these other shows as the best thing you'll ever watch in the history of Earth, <laughs> maybe I would tune in. So since you guys were bashing the idol so much, I was kind of like, I have to watch this. It can't be that bad, you know. <laughs> um, so I've, we've made it through two episodes. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll be wow. quick about it because I, I know we've we're running a little long here on our return, but. So two yeah. episodes in, I can see the negative negative reviews on the acting. Uh, the weekend is you know pretty subpar, I would say. Um, Depp's daughter, you know, I, I think there's some potential there. She seems seems to have some potential as an actress. Right. I don't. I think maybe because I went into it thinking this was going to be the most grotesque thing I've ever watched in my life, that the the bar was up here. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Mm. Yes, there there was some weird stuff, you know, whatever, however you want to say it. I was expecting basically a, a porno and, you know, basically the, just the most, the weirdest situations and everything ever. And it, it really wasn't. It um, was. But I, like the, what I will say is the story is pretty slow. I've, I've been waiting for it to pick up. Like, I think there's potential there. Like it could be pretty interesting seeing the backstory of maybe what happens to a pop star, all the stuff they have to go through, all the different agents they have and the stuff on social media that they have to control and you know performing when she's you know exhausted and all this other stuff i was like there's something here this could be a pretty interesting show but my wife and i are sitting here watching and we're just we're kind of like yeah okay yeah yeah and then obviously there is some weird stuff so it's kind of like this is kind of awkward or whatever but you know but not as weird as i thought maybe because i you guys were like, like you like it yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if we're even going to finish it. My wife even said like, are we going to finish this? And I was like, I almost feel like I want to, I want to see oh, what wow. happens with her. Like, does wow. she get out uh, of it? Yeah. You know? I mean, you said it, you know, you thought it was gonna be like a, a porno. It's kind of like all the worst parts of a, a porno right. I, you know, <laughs> the good stuff or whatever you want to say. It's right. so bad, man. I, I could rehash this damn episode or this damn show and rip it apart every week and never get sick of it. It's so bad. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on here with honest gander. Like yeah. I did, you didn't mind it from the sound of it. Which I guess would explain why it's had these uh, crazy ratings and why it might be coming back for another season despite all this negative publicity, man. I mean, really can't argue with the the numbers of viewers. I mean, right. love it, love me or hate me, Pete Weber, the bowling pro, you watched. That's all yep. you could do. You watched. So oh. I agree with what you're saying. I do think it's a good premise. You hate to have a good idea like that uh, just kind of get blown on a cruddy show like that. Right. Uh, apparently they had a, a director who had a totally different vision before. And we've seen pictures of like uh, the set, what it looked like before. It almost looked like Barbie compared to like Oppenheimer or something. Yeah. Uh, and so apparently this was a whole different direction that Sam Levinson, director of Euphoria, took it. Not, I don't know, not for the better. I mean, but I, again, can I see like why you're sort of like drawn to it? Like in terms of like, it's like a train wreck. And, you know, there's some decent performances somewhere to be found in there. I can right. see that, but... I don't know, man. It, I can't believe you're even contemplating finishing it, if I'm honest. But uh... Well, yeah, and I appreciate your candor as well. Uh, the thing the thing with me, it, is it the worst thing I've ever seen? It, it's, it's pretty bad, but it wouldn't be the absolute <laughs> worst. But it, it just goes to show you, in Hollywood, you have to have, you have, to have a script, which I think the script is weak. Uh, got to have the acting. I think the acting could have been better. Maybe it was because of the script. And you got to have a good director, and I don't. I think he dropped the ball on it. So, you know, let's go back to your your uh, rating. What would you rate it? The two episodes you've seen so far on the three point scale. 
I'm giving it I'm giving it at least a one and a half based on the premise. Okay. Like yes, I think the script is pretty weak also. Um but maybe it's because I, I enjoy like pop culture. So like seeing if, if this is supposed to be a representation of behind the scenes for a pop star, like I think that's pretty Spears. interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's like if this could have been better done, this could be a, a really, really good show. So that's what's kind of keeping I, me. I like, agree. Maybe I'll I try agree. and finish I, it. I agree, too. I mean, <laughs> it, it, but it, but the uh, and and I will say two episodes in, I mean, you're just getting introduced to the weekend's character like Ted Dross or whatever the hell his name is. Right. <laughs> it gets worse, man. Progressively worse. <laughs> so like I almost don't know if you can give a fair review after two I, yeah. the episodes. I mean, that's about as far as I'm, I made it. But I mean, I'm on Twitter. I see clips of this show. I see reviews. I, I hear things from my girlfriend who watched it, like what's going on in the show. And I, it gets weird, man. So yeah. I honestly think at this point, we kind of need your full review, you know, whether next week or in a year, whenever you somehow <laughs> right. muster up the energy to get through that goddamn thing. Yeah. I think we need a full review after the whole season has been finished. And so you're at 1.5 right now. Let's see where you're at in a week. Yeah. 1.5, but we're like teetering on the fence. It's teetering yeah. right uh, now. <laughs> I, I have a quick entertainment tonight uh, show, and I'm sure I don't know if you guys have seen it yet. It's it's the talk of the sports world right now. Perfect time to drop it during All Star break. Yeah. Uh, the show Quarterback on Netflix. So essentially, what this is is it's, it's like an HBO or it's like a Hard Knock style show that follows Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, and Patrick Mahomes. Three kind of different quarterbacks, three stages of their career all different, you know, things on the line with each of their positions where they're at the start of the year. Uh, and it follows them through the whole season with this kind of behind the scenes, hard knocks with great interviews. And I just want to say they knocked this out of the park. They really did. If full swing was a zero in terms of what that ended up being, this is a 10. It, it's it's everything full swing wishes it would have been, uh, which is the PGA Tour version of this show. You see Kirk Cousins. It's just so interesting seeing these three different guys. I love how they did it. You just think about who the director, you know, when he's thinking of this plan. Let's do the three best quarterbacks. Let's do Patrick Mahomes and so do Joe Burrows. And let's do, you know, wh- whoever else, the number three, Tom Brady or whoever. No, I love how they said, we're going to do this guy who's fighting for his starting job, Mark Samariota. We're going to do Kirk Cousins, who everyone considers like the middle tier of NFL quarterbacks. Then we're going to do Patrick Mahomes, who's maybe the greatest quarterback ever. It was so cool. You see Kirk Cousins going through his preparation each week. He doesn't leave a stone unturned. He's literally, you know, talking to a sports psychologist. He's he's listening to the play calls for that week on his way to practice every day and back home and parroting like what the play calls are going to be in the huddle. He's like doing chiropractic therapy. He's getting massages, constantly getting worked on his body. He has his wife pick out his clothes (laughs) every day so that every decision he makes is on football. It's incredible. It, it was just so cool to see the behind the scenes stuff. And and what was my favorite part about it was the fact that you look at like, you know, mic'd up segments on YouTube or whatever. And it's like they clip up all the dumb stuff you don't care about. Guys making sound effects, guys talking about Game of Thrones, like guys crashing into each other at the line of screwage. We just want to hear the actual like X's and O's talk. And that's what you got on this. You got Patrick Mahomes dropping F-bombs, getting in the face of Max Crosby, like being fiery. Patrick Mahomes came out a big winner in this doc. I mean, what a leader. You, you, There's times where I look back on, like, you know, my career. I never was the rah-rah guy or whatever. And you just see him and how his teammates responded around him when he's getting in Max Crosby's face, screaming, like basically lighting a fire under his teammate uh, teammate's ass. And that's just something like Kirk Cousins doesn't have that in his bag. Never could. Can go through all the coaching, leadership coaching, 
read all the books in the world. It, it doesn't matter. You you will never be that fire that Mahomes has. So I thought that was awesome. I honestly thought Kirk Cousins came across great, showed you that, hey, whatever. I mean, dude, maybe he doesn't win the Super Bowl. But he's doing everything in his power. He's maximized his ability uh, as a athlete, as a person, as a dad, whatever, all these different yeah. areas of his life. I just loved it. I really did think they, they had a home run with this series. I can't wait for the next, for the next season next year. Have either of yeah. you guys had a chance to watch any of it? Yeah, I watched episode one. I asked you how many. You said there's 10 of them? Uh, there's eight. Eight, okay. I'll definitely watch all of it. I, I couldn't echo uh, your sentiments any anymore. I mean, you're dead on. I mean, it was tremendously well done. I think Peyton Manning is behind yeah. a lot of it. And uh, how lucky did they get to get Mahomes, you know, who is that fiery kind of quarterback? And then, oh, by the way, they won the Super Bowl last year. So, right. I mean, it's just a perfect thing, that, and it's it's just well worth the watch, and it's well worth, you know, between watching that and watching Hard Knocks when it comes out, man, I am going to be so ready for the football season. Yeah. This is awesome. Remind me again, yeah, remind me again, who who did they um, follow for full swing? They did Justin Thomas. They did Jordan Spieth. They did Brooks Kepka. Right. Um I don't remember the guy's name. Was it was kind of Rory like in on it? Rory. But here's yeah. think about that full swing. And and I know you have oh, uh, well let me yeah. let me say what I was gonna I think one thing that maybe they missed with full swing that I think your point about quarterbacks um that maybe why it worked, at least hearing your what you had to say, is that they went with they didn't just go with the best people like what full swing did. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, these are all the best in the sport. Cool. This is not really that interesting. Take the best take the middle and take a dude, like you said, in Mariota, who's kind of fighting for his NFL job. I 100%. think that's what makes it really interesting. If you just had Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. it'd be like, okay, cool. These are the three best in the sport. So yeah. it, at it, least it, that, that's my first thought anyway. And well, the thing that if you watched full swing was they, they kind of promised all this shit in the trailer. Like, Oh, we're going to be diving into LIV hard. Like the cameras were rolling when this announcement happened, you better believe it. And then you watch it. And, and it's like, it's like the, it's, and you were, you stepped away for a second, Matt. And I was like, just, it, it was like the mic'd up stuff you see of the NFL posting on YouTube where it's like fluff. It's like, what even is this? It's guys, you know, saying down set hut 500 times and then sounds of guys crashing into each other. Right. It's guys laughing on the sideline about Game of Thrones, squirting water bottles. Like, yeah, that stuff's kind of fun, but there's no substance to it. That's what right. full swing felt like to me. It was like, what even is this? It's in, in the way they did the whole you know, we, we don't even have to get into it. The thing they did smartly in this one, they follow the season as it progresses. They didn't tell yeah. Marcus Mariota's story, then Kirk Cousins' story, then Patrick Mahomes' story, like uh, Full Swing did, going from player to player. It just was horrible. This 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 thing is is there's substance behind it. Like my favorite, I'll one more teaser on this thing that I love. Kirk Cousins, if you remember the best game of the regular season last year, you knew where you were when you were watching it. Vikings versus Bills, the crazy ending. You have, mm -hmm. you know, fourth and one, Vikings about to punch it in to win this game. Kirk Cousins goes for the QB sneak and he gets stuffed. Oh. And you get the cool behind the scenes look where basically this is a Kirk Cousins audible. They're not in the right formation when he audibles out of it, audibles into this sneak. He goes to the sideline after just getting stuffed. Kevin O'Connell, their head coach, is like, what the hell are like, you got to let me get you into the right formation if you're going to do that shit. And it just is kind of irritating me, like watching Kirk Cousins, like, I, like, yeah, Monday morning quarterback, obviously, like, it wasn't the right play looking back. And Kirk Cousins is just like, yeah, I got it. I got it. And you just, a lot of cool, like, kind of interactions like that are throughout this entire doc. And that's what I love most about it is you get the behind the scenes look of these moments that we wonder, like, what was going through his head? Why did they just call a QB sneak there? What the hell? And then you actually get to see it. it I can't, yeah. honestly can't believe the NFL allowed them to use some of this stuff. 
like yeah. as shocking as that sounds it, it, it is that like kind of under the hood type stuff it's it's great so I that's a 3.3 3.0 on the three point pod scale yeah i agree with you what i saw and i've only seen episode one so i'm right with you so that's well worth the watch for any football fan even if you're a, just an outsider you don't watch it that much it'll definitely give you a better appreciation of what really goes on with these guys i know we're running out of time but a couple quick things i'll just throw on the table tonight um succession i finished it (laughs) i stick with the mount rushmore of hbo it was good from beginning to end they wrapped it up like a show should be wrapped up definitely 3.0 i'll leave it there enough of that talk uh actually went to the movie theater last week actually went and saw indiana jones and the dial of destiny (laughs) um first of all i'm going to say the beginning was really really good the end was kind of surprising but good (laughs) the middle kind of dragged a little bit i will say um, I'm going to tell you the rating so far. I've got 2.5 on the rating. I thought it was very good for a little summertime entertainment matinee, you know, blockbuster type of movie. The special effects were pretty good. Uh, Harrison Ford for 81 years old. Uh, he pulled it off. You know, it was it was all right. And, and I think the big take I got afterwards, I said to my wife, I said, you know, some of these actors, and I was going to ask you guys this too. You know, when when, when I was in my 20s, you know, there's guys like uh, Costner and Harrison Ford and s- some of these others. And now to see them where they have kind of aged out, you know, just like me, right. it's a little depressing to see them on the big <laughs> screen. <laughs> and, and I'm looking, you know, it's like I can t- give you a perfect example. And he's holding up okay. Tom Hanks, he's exactly my age, within a day right. of my age. So I, I watch his whole career, you know, from where he began in TV on Bosom Buddies you know, to be in a mega superstar in, in, in the cinema. But now, you know, seeing him get a little older, uh, it's a little depressing, fellas. Yeah. That's all I can do. When you were in your 20s, who are your go-to guys, you know? Well, I was just going to say, I, I've heard my dad talk about that with the three guys that come to mind, because my dad loves movies and stuff too. Um, Clint Eastwood, oh, yeah. Al, Al Pacino, and Jack Nicholson. And, right. you know to see them tour at the end of their career, still trying to hang on a little bit is a little bit like maybe just go to directing, maybe just move to directing and do that route. seems like Clint Eastwood. It took a while for him to kind of hang it up or whatever. So I can understand that. So for me, Leonardo DiCaprio was one seeing, seeing him age a little bit. It's like, man, he used to always just be really is. Yeah. Brad Pitt, but Brad Pitt still looks, he looks good. He looks amazing. Matt Damon. You know, so this this kind of generation of guys, you know, Ben Affleck, all those um, that like when I was, you know, like you said, teenager in my 20s, they were the guys that I was like, I want to be Leonardo DiCaprio. I want to be Matt Damon. So mm-hmm. now kind of seeing them, they're starting to they're starting to look a little older. You know, I don't yeah. think Brad Pitt. I don't think Brad Pitt's ever going to look old. I think <laughs> he's going to look great his whole life. But those are the yeah, guys that come question. to mind. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, Channing I'm Tatum 40. for you, Jared. Yeah. yeah Channing like, I, I almost think of it more like this way. It's like, I feel old when it's like, you know, Post Malone. He, I, re- I remember the very day that he burst on the scene with his song, White Iverson. It's like, you see something on Twitter, like, oh, that came out nine years ago. It's like, wow. holy, wow. <laughs> it's, it's like, he's been in the limelight for nine years. Seems like he just burst on the scene yesterday. Right. Uh, so it's, it's, I think it's more so that stuff more than anything right now. And it's always been 
the weird realization when, you know, JJ McCarthy's younger than me. Like that's weird. Yeah, right. Like I like in my in my mind, like Michigan football players, it's like I'm that I'm a ten year old kid watching it on the couch. Right. Like that's how I'll always be. Uh so that kind of realization like Zion Williamson's my age. Like that stuff is just it's just weird to see that play out when your whole life they were always those guys you idolized and now it's like they're kids to you. It's just a right. weird thing I still can't fully wrap my brain around. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and again, it's something just the old guy here telling you guys, keep an eye on that. You know, I just had a birthday, turned 67. And, you know, I, I relate back to, let's go back to sports real quick. Like the 84 Tigers, the 84 Tigers, that was my age group, man. That's when I was my sweet spot of playing ball. And now you see those guys, Petrie still looks pretty good. Some of those guys still look pretty good, but you know, you watch yep. them get, get older and that's fact of life. You know who's a legend, yep. Ted? And I, just because you brought it up, I wasn't going to mention it. Yeah. Alan Trammell. I yeah. love Tram. Every time didn't he's you, on TV, didn't you he's take a shot at? Great. Didn't you take a shot at Alan Trammell a couple weeks ago, or was it Lou Whitaker? One of them you kind of took a shot at. I said you're not going to remember Alan Trammell, but you'll remember Javi Baez. If that's oh right, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it hasn't been a good couple weeks for Baez since that. <laughs> um, but Tram on the Valley Sports broadcast came out and said basically athletes nowadays they blow us out of the water, man. They are they yeah. are like goddess. They're they're gods compared to what we were. It's what true. do you say to that? No, it's it's probably true. The the workout regiment that they have, it's a hundred percent full-time job you know they, it's all about uh, being in shape i mean yeah the, the athletes today are definitely the better but, better physically than in my day yeah but, but i'll just say and then just to bring it full, i love like that trammel every time i've seen that guy great mood every time i watch him great mood he's just he's my kind of guy he's, he's a guy a that man. i might have a jersey of one time down the road like i just i love it class had to put my support for tram out there not that he all needed right. it but yep. yeah he's there a legend all right. Yeah, no, we- so I guess I'll just say real quick when I see like Barry kind of Barry Sanders, you know, is like the one that comes to mind starting to look older or some of these other athletes that I grew up watching looking older. LeBron James is my age. Like you, you mentioned Tom Hanks. LeBron James is like two weeks younger than wow. me. We're, so we're basically ah. like the exact same age. Right. So, you know, seeing, so that's been like my whole life or whatever. So seeing him being the old guy in the NBA about to hang it up, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh man, am I the old guy too? <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of goes back to that. Uh, was it an Instagram post you had where it showed you aging? Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. was kind of cool looking. Really, it was. I thought it looked like my dad. Like right when I, I did, I did. I, I... <laughs> Le- LeBron is like the worst person to be like the same exact age as because he's been on the scene since he was like fourteen. <laughs> like he's yeah. basically like Tom Brady, where he's like he's not aging. Like that just, I, I feel horrible for you, Matt. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still performing at a high level, and when yeah. I go shoot around at the Y, I like my ham, my hamstrings are sore for weeks. You still look yeah. good, Matt. You still look good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, let's call it a podcast, fellas. It's been uh, you can tell that uh, we haven't been together for a couple weeks Uh, this was fun so just everybody out there thanks for listening this has been the three-point podcast presented by memorial healthcare's wellness center Uh, also skymint cannabis and our local partners az printing solutions nelson house funeral homes rivals tap house and grill and success group mortgage and servicing want to thank again tyler graham you can follow him at mich m-i-c-h-f-b frenzy And uh, don't forget to follow us on the socials at Three Point Pod. Peace and love. Everybody be kind. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. 
Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.